And I want to jump right into the Word. Um, there's so many things on my mind as our sister was praying, our sister Sharon Murphy was praying, and then our sister Jadira Ulig uh, was reading. Just so many things came into my mind. I, always, I don't know about you, but I have to sometimes get things out of my mind. You know, so many, my mind's always so, so active, and I have to get these things out of my mind so that I can do whatever Jesus has given me to do. But each one of them wanted to be a rabbit trail. You know, I don't know how you, you preachers are, but, you know, I'm thinking, of that. oh, yeah, I can have this. Or... So I want to just uh, comment that as our sister Jadir was asking you to, uh, to be a blessing to um, uh, those uh, uh, Bishop Olivares in Mexico and, and, and even uh, Bishop Madindi in Zimbabwe. We have some real serious needs on, in those two places. And, and also, we're going to be going to Indonesia. Indonesia is the largest uh, Muslim country in the world. And it's the largest Muslim country in the world. And uh, we're going to go right there, smack dab in the middle of it, and preach the gospel. That's what we're going to do. And you, you, I'm going to just say quickly that uh, we're going over there to change hearts and minds. Uh, that's, that's exactly what I try to do here. And we try to do here in America, and wherever we go, we try to change hearts and minds. And, uh, and so we're going to go there. It is a dangerous place. We're not uh, unaware of that. It is a very dangerous place. The last time we, we left, two days later, uh, some radicals came into uh, this general area and, and uh, killed a bunch of people in church while they were worshiping. We know that these things are dangerous, so we covet your prayers. And furthermore, since uh, Sister Jadira was mentioning uh, the Christ-centered message, everywhere we go, people will say, men and women will say, they always knew that Jesus was important. They just didn't know he was on every page of the Bible. They knew he was important, but they didn't think that they needed to preach him, uh, not just about him. They, they needed to preach him, who he is. Because Jesus is the main character in the Bible. The Bible is his story. That means it's, it's his history of interacting with his creatures, his creation. And so let us be aware of that. And not only do we want to preach, teach, and talk, we want to live this life. Amen. You see, as Christians, we are, we are called to change the world around us, not to be changed by it. We're called to change the world around us, not to be called, changed by it. We're called to be separate from the world and its ungodliness, not to join them and try to fix them in the way they suppose things should be. We are to bring the kingdom of God to them, to the world. We're to bring the kingdom of God to them. Uh, and not, not the kingdoms of men refurbished. We ought to bring the kingdom of God to them. The kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God seen through the person of Jesus Christ. It is seen through the person of Jesus Christ. So when they see us, I, I used to say this all the time, we are to represent Jesus. Sometimes when we say represent, we don't really quite get that. But we are to represent him. And that's what represent really means. So we are to represent Jesus. That's our job. That's our job. Now, also, I want us to be cognizant or aware that we live in a hostile and ungodly world. A hostile and ungodly world. does not matter whether we are in Europe, 
Asia, Africa, Australia, South America, North America, Antarctica, the islands of the sea, the whole world needs Jesus. And they need to see Jesus in his people. We need true Christianity in the public sphere. Not what many of us have, have modeled, but we need to see cr- true Christianity. You may ask, well, Pastor, why are you always talking about this? Because it's always prevalent. And uh, I like what uh, Pastor Stan Mack said to us. He said, or he said to me one day, he said, you know, you, I, I think this is not a pat on the back, but he said, uh, I, I'm getting a picture of the Old Testament prophets as you, as you preach. And, and he doesn't always say these things, you know. But he said, they talked about their day in in a relevant way. And so I think that is what my goal is, is to let you know what I'm seeing all around us. That is through the power of the Holy Spirit, not just through some subjectivism. You know, that is through my own lens, through my own pain and suffering. That's why I spend a lot of time on my knees and I trust that you are doing the same. I spent a lot of times on my knees because I don't want to give you the gospel of Don Lavelle, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, so let's talk a little bit about this in a different context. By the way, my subject is Christianity in the public sphere. It's uh, the best I could do with that subject because I'm going to talk about Christianity in the public sphere, but I want to talk about a lot of other things that, that uh, uh, correlates to that. They're in agreement somehow with that, and they work with that. In Genesis chapter 6, verse, verses 11 through 13, and I want you to forgive me in the sound booth of the guys that I didn't send all that to you. Just got so busy with things. Genesis uh, 6, 11 through 13, and then after this, I want you to go to Matthew 24, you guys in the sound booth, uh, starting at verse 4. Okay, just write that down, somebody. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Wow. That's what happened in Genesis. So let's see what continues. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me on the earth, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So this is where I say we have found ourselves, and we don't want to minimize this or, or think that somehow a good God, a loving God, would not deal with, with this corruption like he dealt with the other corruption. And he won't deal with this violence like he did with the other violence. I don't know the former prime minister of Japan. I'd never met him, but uh, Prime Minister Abe. And, uh, and I'm one of those guys who didn't know how to pronounce his name. I called him Prime Minister Abe. You know, but Prime Minister Abe. And when he was murdered the other day, we sort of, uh, you know, to uh, assassinar, I think that's the Spanish word, assassinar, uh, is to means to murder, to kill, uh, like that. And so we use that in American English to sort of sanitize murder. Uh, we, we, we sanitize a lot of things. We are polite and proper. But he was murdered there and just murdered because somebody didn't like something. You know, there's hard times, and we, I blame you for it, so I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you a problem, and I don't see myself as a problem. And that's the kind of world we've, in, we've inherited, or maybe we helped to make. 
So, and, and I wanted to go there because I, I know, I know, I don't guess and wish uh, or think just to think as in a sense of just wondering, but I, I've come to know that we're living in this kind of world. If I ignore violence, it does not mean that violence is not there. If I ignore corruption, it does not mean it went away. And so I'm saying to you not to be preoccupied by it, but to know what's on the horizon. You know, this is, this is the, the old man that was once a, a little boy looking at the horizon, and God spoke to him at about 10 years old. You know, so I want you to know what's over the horizon. At that juncture, I didn't know it was called a horizon. I, I just used to say to my brothers, uh, the place where the, the earth and the sky meet. And, and so, so we are living in a place where the earth and the sky uh, are meeting. And, and, and since they are meeting, what, what portends, what happens, what does that signify? So let's look at this uh, on a serious note. Let's look at Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to start in verse 4, in verse 4, Matthew 4, 24. And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Can, can we just, just meditate on that just, just a moment? Take heed that no, no uh, uh, one deceives you. No man, no, no woman. Nobody deceives you. So what does Jesus mean here? Jesus means that there is not just a possibility of deception, but deception is part of the corruption. It's a, it's a part of the violence. Now listen, for many will come in my name. Now, it doesn't say here, and I, don't, I hear a lot of Bible teaching. I love good Bible teaching. He says, many will come in my name. He didn't say they will come perpetrating themselves as Christ. Not here. They will come in my name. They will come, as it were, pretending to represent me. They will come like they are of God, that I've called them, that I've sent them. He said, they will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, or like I am from Christ. The Lord gave me this. And will deceive many. And will deceive many. We're living in a day of deception. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all things must come to pass. But all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And so Jesus is telling us, he says, um, they're going to deceive many. Many are going to go after their pernicious ways, as Scripture says. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. I know that I have talked to you about me being troubled <laughs> about the, uh, the war against the Ukrainians. I just, just don't like it. Uh, I, I thought it's just so wicked, and it is, it, it's not plausible for me to understand a Christian saying, well, you just don't know the Ukrainians. I want to say, you know, like, be quiet. You know, get out of my space, you know. Because it's terrible what is happening. But Jesus says, don't be troubled. Now, what does Jesus mean? He means don't, now you become so preoccupied with that that you, you can't see the forest for the trees. This is what he's telling us. Well, he's telling us that a lot of things are going to happen around us. They're going to crowd into our sphere. They're going to encroach. But don't you get so messed up that you can't see the forest for the trees. He says, for... He says, but the end is not yet. And then he says, um, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. So don't, don't just get uh, over, out too far over your skis. The end is not yet. For a nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. He didn't name COVID-19, but, it, but it's, it's, it's ridiculous as a believer to say that COVID-19, coronavirus, smallpox, and all things, these aren't real. I'm trying to help somebody. I almost feel like oh, Kenneth Hagin up here. <laughs> but I'm trying to help someone because he says these things will happen. So when people tell me uh, climate change is a hoax, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. The scriptures even tells us it's going to get so hot that rather than repenting for their craziness, men are going to curse God. What are you talking about? It's biblical. Now, what causes it? Hey, I'm going to tell you what, whether it's, a, it's cars, trucks, and trains or, or not. I say it's sin. S-I-N is causing it. And yeah. Whether sin, people polluting, whether it's sin that causes it, okay? So he says that there, these things will be famines, shortages, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So when, when, when the scripture reads like this, it's saying that there's going to be some more coming. This is just the beginning. You know, I, I, I remember I grew up with a lot of boys. I, I hope this isn't offensive to you ladies, but I grew up around a lot of boys in the community. And sometimes we never had fights like with guns and, and knives and stuff like that. But we always had mano a mano. We, we didn't know mano. We didn't know what, what that word meant. Though. But we meant just, come on, just bring it like it is. And, and so, so when it would happen, you know, somebody go, pop. I'm just getting started. <laughs> So that's kind of what it means, you know. If you get into something, somebody comes up to you and just whacks you, pow, 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 and you go, oh, Lord. You say, I'm just getting started. That's what this means. <laughs> I hope you've never had that experience. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And, and, I, 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 and then he says in verse 9, then. I, I never quite looked at then like I'm looking at then now. Then. So in Matthew 24, to, to look at then brings greater clarity to Matthew 24 than I've ever had. Then. So what does that mean? It's a Greek word, tote, like T-O-T-E, but T-O-T-E-H, kind of like tote. It means when or at that time, or at the time, or at that time. And so he says then, or at that time. When you see these things, this is when you're going to see it. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and, be t and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. You will. He says, so Christians, we know that persecution is coming. Now, let me tell you what I'm going, where I'm going, because I want you to know where I'm going. There are many theologians who are much smarter than, than your pastor who will say this, has, this chapter has nothing to do with the church. That's what they'll say. And I want you to know what they say. I don't want to try to go in and around act like they haven't said it. I've studied Matthew 24, studied Matthew 24. I said, God, there's something here for me. I don't know what it is. I keep studying. I said, I'm like the guy who was uh, trying to get a medical discharge from the Army. He didn't like being in the Army. You know, there was fighting going on around the world. And so he, he pretended to be insane. He was going around picking up paper and saying, uh, this, isn't, uh, this is not it. This is not it. And I told you the story before. And so finally, they, they just took him to the psychiatrist, man. This guy's crazy. And so they took him to the psychiatrist, and uh, he was sitting there, and, and he was doing that same thing. This isn't it. This isn't it. Looking at paper. This isn't it. This isn't it. So finally, even the psychiatrist said, this guy's crazy. 
gave him a, a discharge. And when he got that discharge paper, he said, this is it. So I, 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 don't, I want you to know that there are a lot of smart theologians, smart. I don't, I don't uh, fight theologians. They have helped me. And I know a lot of people say, this is not theology. Yeah, it is theology, the study of God. And I'm grateful for them. I, I bless them. I, I talk with them. I learn from them. And I trust they will learn from me. But there are many of them, many, many, many of them will disagree with me. They say this has nothing to do with the church. It's all about Israel. But I, I disagree. Let's, so let's look at it. Now that you know that I disagree. And then, listen to the thens, and then, what is and at that time, many will be offended. Now, what is he saying? He said, this is what's going to happen in, in, in the visible church. Many will be offended. He's told us not to be troubled, right? And um, he has told us these are the beginning of sorrows. He's told us we're going to be delivered to tri uh, tribulation, difficult times. And, and he says, but then we're going to still be offended because we didn't believe the report. This is just the beginning. Keep going. And he says, they will betray one another and hate one another. I've even seen some of that even now. I've seen, you know, the, the Internet is a good thing, but it's also at the same time a bad thing. And you, there is so much craziness on that thing. I try to stay off of it as much as I can. I use it as a learning tool because there are many good things you can have, uh, many good things you can share there. I, I don't have an issue with that. But all of the, the misinformation, the, which, which is just wrong information, the disinformation, the intended wrong information, okay. you know, and all of that stuff is just mind-boggling. And so he's saying, and, and you hear Christians on there, on there, supposedly Christians on there, saying the craziest things. It's sort of like that Art Link letter show. I, I don't use the word that Art Link letter used, but the kids say the, the most unbelievable things. But, but he would have that. And I have some of them. So funny. Sometimes uh, somebody will send me one of the Art Link letter uh, little segments where these children will say the things that will just make you fall off your chair. And, uh, and so, but sometimes Christians say those things that just make you fall off your chair. You go, how can you know Jesus and think like this? You know, how can you? So what I would like to see us do today is to be delivered from that and then comport ourselves, conduct ourselves in the public sphere as believers, as people who have been changed, as a new creation in Christ, not just a, a, a showered down version of the old. All right? I hope this is helping you. Now, now, he says, now, at that time, the second then, at that time, many will be offended, or, you know, like they'll stumble, and they'll betray one another, and they will hate one another. What a strong word Jesus is giving us. And now, he get, in verse 11, he gives us another then. He says, or at that time. So, when you see this happening, it's, it's a, a situation that is just perfect for falsehoods. When we start to mumble and grumble among ourselves, this is the perfect time. So let's see what happens at that perfect time. At that time, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Wow. Don't you see what's going on? It's right around us. You, you, if you have a cell phone with you, it's as close as your cell phone. 
and because lawlessness will abound. And because lawlessness will abound. And because lawlessness will abound. Well, we, you know, I try to live life in an unopinionated way. I endeavor to not just have my feelings out there. I could tell, I could tell a lot of stories to you. I, I remember this time this wonderful man, a woman of God was talking about she had been divorced. Her husband left her. And she was talking about uh, how uh, she said, and if I were to tell you my story, if I would tell you all the things he did, if I would tell you all the things that happened to me, she said, you would feel really sorry for me because that's how I tell the story. You know, and, and she was making a point there. So it is very important that, it, that all, for all of us on whom this day has come, that we live outside that belly of opinion of just having opinions because they are derived or brought to us from our feelings. And I try to, to, to not to do that because if I were to tell you some of the things that I have suffered, and I've not suffered nearly as much as some people, uh, you know, growing up, growing up, you know, from East Texas, you know, to South Texas and going around the world, you, you might feel sorry for me. <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying because of, back to the scripture, because of lawlessness, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Do you find yourself sometimes just so bugged with the craziness in the world that, that you're affected negatively by it? I, I think so. Who's going to say amen, me? You know? But he who endures to the end will, shall be saved. So what he's saying here, uh, Jesus is saying to us, is that your job is to endure. And how do you endure? By abiding. By abiding in him. How do you endure? He said, you're going to be saved. Now, he's not talking about your eternal salvation, but you will be saved through this madness. You will be able to walk through this madness. You'll be saved. He's not talking about you have to work in order to be saved. You're, you're saved right now. You're saved forever. All right? And so then he says, he says, um, let me find my place again. And I'll find out what he says. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Now, and this gospel of the kingdom, so it's very, very important that the church not be about my four and no more. It is very important that the church have, uh, have a vision outside its local body. Because we have brothers and sisters who are belong to Jesus as much as we do watching right now from Asia, Africa, Europe, various places in North America, Central America, South America, and possibly Australia. Now he says that the, the, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness, a testimony to all the nations. And then, and at that time, and at that time, the end will come. Is that good? I mean, I'm just blessing. I'm like, I'm preaching myself happy. In verse 15, he says, Therefore, so we want to know what therefore, when he says therefore, somebody says, I think it's very cute. If some southern preacher says, he says, that's why it's there, because that's what it's there for. <laughs> yes. So it, it, it's, a, it's a Greek word that means uh, conjunctionally, you know, like bringing two, two thoughts together or accordingly. You know, it's bringing something together for, or truly, 
you know, truly, or now, or now then, or likewise. That's what that means, this therefore. So uh, we could say, uh, therefore, or now then. When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then, or at that time, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. I have never seen it so starkly clear. And I've read this more times than I could ever recount. Over and over, searching and searching. But I'm beginning to see more clearly. Now, and now let me just say this is a very quick statement. Uh, Dr. Rocher was talking to me about fasting and praying. And I told you this, I think, last week and maybe the week before. How, and I'd never seen it this clearly. He said, fasting takes you away from your dependence on the earth. Because you get your food and your water, your sustenance from that. And so it takes you away into another realm. I said, wow, that's what happens. And so what he is saying, saying here, um, uh, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. This, this clarity has been brought to me just a short while ago. Then he says to them, he's showing us, he's giving us such a prescription, I never quite saw it. I saw the description, but I never quite saw the prescription. You notice how he, his, his verbiage is so amazing and powerful? Then, therefore, but, but, wow, it, this is so amazing. But he, you know, that, that, that means that it's, when he uses but here, he's using it as an opposition, you know, something that's directly opposed, or he is shoot, do, showing us something that's uh, continuative, you know, that's, that continues. Wow. I said, Jesus, come on. I knew there were some secrets here. You know, how, how Daniel closed up the word of God until the end? This is what he's saying. He's saying, I'm, I'm going to write it. Clearly, but you're not going to understand it until it's time. That's what he's saying to us. And, and so Daniel sealed up his book uh, so that we would not understand. But he says that the revelation is not a sealed up book. Wow. I'm just saying we're living in amazing times. I hope everybody in this room and all you who are watching will see the coming of the Lord. Amen. So then he says, help me, was that in verse 15, therefore, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then, at that time, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. So Jesus is giving us instructions on physical survival, not, not uh, eternal survival. So he says, when you see everything I'm talking to you about, this is what I want you to do. That's why, how he uses then or at that time or but. Oh, Wow. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm really blessed. Let him who is on the housetop not go down and take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But, wow, but, what he is saying is, uh, like, also, or and, in this case, but, woe to those who are pregnant, and to those who are nursing babies in those days, and pray that your flight may not be in the winter or on the Sabbath. And when Jesus says, pray, that this does not happen, Jesus is not saying, and I do think this, is, uh, this uh, section is also for the Jewish people. Jesus is not saying, 
what maybe we think he is saying. I believe he is saying is that prayer changes things. We, the article was about that, God listening to a man. A man who is praying to God, doing God's work. Joshua, doing God's work and knowing that he's not going to have enough time, so he prayed, and God listened to a man. And this is what Jesus is saying. Look at Joshua. God will listen to you. Pray, not so subjectively, not just for your form no more, but for the will of God. And he listened to a man. And pray that your flight may not be in winter on the Sabbath. For then, for at that time, there will be great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened. So he says, unless those days were shortened. Now, how is it that those days are shortened? I believe it's because somebody has prayed. The few verses above it, they have prayed. Unless those days will be shortened, um, no flesh would be saved. That doesn't mean eternally, but no flesh would be left here on the earth. No flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, you are the elect of God. Those days will be shortened. Verse 23, then or at that time, if anyone says to you, he's talking about deception. It's going to be so prevalent. It's going to be like if you were not the elect, you could be deceived. Now listen, so at that time, if anyone says to you, look here, is the Christ or there, do not believe it. Do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. I hear a lot of believers who are making a mistake there. They said, the Bible said they're going to deceive even the elect. No. It says, if possible. How many of you know it's not possible? Now, Jesus goes on to say, see, I have told you beforehand. I have told you what's going to happen beforehand. And he has mapped it out even by by the choice of his words, he has mapped it out. So what Jesus has done for all of us, he has informed us. You know, a lot of times when brothers and sisters will say, but I'm not just giving you information. I say, wait, wait, wait. Information is a good thing. I want to be informed. It's what you take in that forms you, forms your thought process, forms your faith. No, this is good. He says, no, no, Jesus says, I've told you beforehand. I've, I've informed you. Therefore, or truly, but now. That's what therefore means. Truly, but now. If they say to you, look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. Do not believe it. He's told, he said that now. He's reiterated it. He's reiterated it. And whenever the Bible reiterates this thing, he's saying, don't you forget this. You remember how, how mom and dad used to treat us when we were little kids? You know, don't you forget this. Don't you. That's what Jesus is doing. Because when they would say, mom and dad would say, don't you forget this. Don't you forget this. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And I didn't forget it. Why? Because I thought there may be something coming if I forget this. That's what Jesus is saying. Uh, do not believe it for the second time. He says, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west. For as the lightning, for as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man, or, or so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, Jesus is saying that this is going to be a public, noisy, 
coming of the Son of Man. That's what he's saying to me. I, I, now, you may believe, I, I, somebody said, well, you don't believe in rapture. I say, oh, oh, I think we're going to be caught up. Absolutely, we're going to be caught up. But at what time is the question? And we may differ from that, but we don't have to go build a church of the difference than the Don, Don Lavelle. We don't have to do that because we may differ on that, you know, because you, you, you see things from where you stand. And these days, I'm standing on my knees. Let's look at it. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will, or the vultures will be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give us light. The stars from heaven will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. I'm going to leave it there for, for today, but this is what I want you to know. It says, so Jesus gives this example of wherever the carcass is. So when Jesus comes back, this is what I believe he's saying. When Jesus comes back, we're going to be gathered to him. We're going to be gathered to him. And the Bible says that there's going to be a meeting in the air. So I want us to be prepared. And, and when we, we leave here today, I want us to be more prepared than ever that this is not just some little version of something. This is what I believe is a direct word from God for you. Let me pray and I'll, come, I'll leave and I'll come back. Father, I pray that you would just take this word that you have given me to share and just bind it in the heart of everyone. Even those who may disagree slightly, don't, don't let them throw the whole package out because they, they disagree with my definitions of but or then or, or therefore, or even on the coming of the Lord. I pray that they would just consider it and, and, and chew on it and see if there's any nourishment for them. So I thank you for this word. And Lord, I thank you that you have given me to share this word because of the times in which we live. You said to me when I was a young boy, uh, when I read the book of Ezekiel, that I would be a watchman on the wall. And that if I saw the enemy coming and did not sound the alarm, then you would judge everybody uh, 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 require their blood at my hand. And so from that day, I shivered. And to this day, I shiver. So I ask my brothers and sisters that they would really uh, listen, those who are online, those who are in the sanctuary, just listen and, and see whether God has spoken to them. I pray this, and I, pr I pray that you would do some great things in their, their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll be back in a minute.